Hello Universe, it is 4.04 here on January 21st and that means I have to be at work in 56 minutes. 54 if I'm going to sign in super early, which I did do uh, yesterday, so bravo to me for finally signing in two minutes before my shift started. And bravo to me again for... Uh, never caring if I do it again because giving even two minutes of time that I might use to think through a problem and figure something out to the corporate structure for what 16 bucks an hour or something uh, <clears throat> well those are two minutes I'm still unwilling to clock in for but doing it once proves I can do it and when you're trying to become a better timekeeper like doing your 40th episode at the 404. Hello, digital advertising career of my past. Well, you do what you got to do. And I got to do things like clock in two minutes early sometimes just to prove I can do it. And with that lackluster introduction to this review episode, I, uh, I guess having a time limit on this episode is a good idea because uh, if... I were not to have a time limit on this episode, it could go a long way past where it needs to be. Because I started taking notes on the last 10 episodes and uh, what I wanted to redirect, say, complete, yada yada. And uh, I, com <laughs> I filled up one side of the envelope and started writing stuff on the other side of the envelope when I was like, all right, stop. Time to actually get to uh, accounting for my sins. And uh, so... <clears throat> as I transition through words like in the following capacity, which does not equal or bring a point is to capacitors or to the cliche, uh, for instance, of my esteem. I'll try not to use um, uh, those words, but forgive me when I do. I'm learning where my most repetitive vocabulary uh, 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 emerges and trying to suppress it like a game of whack-a-mole. That's not easy to do. Uh, where do I start? Er, I suppose. So the point is, <coughs> gave my mom the next 12. So we'll see where that goes. She took the first 20 pretty well, I'd say. Had a few questions that I answered uh, in a capacity that helped me understand even something about my mom. So if nothing else, having her listen to the first 20 gave me a little insight as to who she is, ironically. Um, but we'll take any irony in the world that wants to reveal itself, because we do love irony. Uh, <clears throat> Miss Morissette, please tell me you did that song to be ironic. Please tell me you did. And yet, even in this first opening, I recognize a couple of vocal impressions that I fell into, and I do fall into them. And there's one place I don't like um, myself. Because, though, yes, I do try to be funny sometimes, I do not try to be funny in a way that makes fun of other people, especially groups of other people. I recognize that as a very um, 
restrictive and dismissive form of, if you could even call it comedy. It's more ridicule. <clears throat> so when I use voices that uh, venture toward sounding ethnically black or sounding female or sounding homosexual or sounding any other dismissive vocal tone I can take in some sort of stab at comedic relevance, it's poor form, if nothing else. Even if the joke is funny, it's really ultimately not worth it. So here, I do not mind transitioning into the universe of pulling thread because it, it makes a difference that I think before I speak especially the tone that I'm about to use. So when I realize I'm in tone, a lot of times you may find me self-check in that moment and try to pull back. Because falling into those tones is kind of the description that fits most rightly. And it's a reflexive move that, again, shows that I've been trained to think a certain way. I do not believe that there is room in this universe for comedic effect from blackface to tonal quality of valley girl it's all grouping it's all dismissive and it's all meant to separate so i will do my best not to go there but once in a while i fall into every pit of despair so forgive my tripping into those areas when i do um i said at the end of one of the episodes blankety blank is no longer acceptable I did not mean to be uh, some sort of authoritarian in terms of laying down the law for the community at large as I see it. No. For me, uh, I do not want to disregard other people as I just basically espoused. Uh, and that's no longer acceptable to me as behavior from me. Of course the universe is dismissive. Of course we disregard each other all day long in ways that are both uh, subconscious, conscious, intentional, unintentional, direct, uh, pointed, retribution-laden, whatever. Uh, I'm just trying to find a place where disregarding those around me in any capacity is no longer part of who I am. That is not easy to do, so don't expect me to just walk into that arena and accept my first place prize. But working on that daily does give me purpose. Uh, and a little bit of what my mom told me earlier was, uh, <laughs> I think she made it clear in her sort of tiptoeing questions that she didn't understand why I was finally back to work and already reducing my schedule to part-time. Fair criticism, I have to say. I think she also thought my coughing is worse than I think it is, and that's probably also fair criticism. So there's two of the things that I got in direct feedback. My other friend who uh, texted me the day we were supposed to get together at 4.37 p.m. to say she was canceling on me and she was sorry has not said anything to me since, so I'm not really sure what's going on with her. I know she's overwhelmed and needs some uh, support from something other than my project of hey, do you mind listening to this stuff and telling me what you think? So I may look for somebody else to try to give me some feedback since a family member is not the first person that can give me unbiased feedback here. Um, but looking for that person when I have very few friends that even exist is uh, more of a uh, 
needle in a haystack search than it is uh, paring down the opportunities and deciding who among this group of seven would be the best to give me spiritual feedback here. No, I don't have anybody that I feel I can even lay the burden of listening to one or two of these on, let alone a group of, say, 15. So, if uh, my uh, hippie friend coming not through, I do not know who will be her replacement. Probably somebody like my shorty friend or my new uh, uh, southern friend or my other potential uh, Twilight Zone friend. But somebody's got to listen to this stuff besides me and my mom. Um, and who that will be is still a mystery. Uh, <clears throat> okay. It is always malicious to mislead people for any reason at any time. I don't know that I'm clear on that, especially when I speak on my past behaviors. I do not look on them with any sort of affection. If anything, I look on them with horror and disconnect. Uh, when you create scenarios in which you are manipulating people for any cause, even for causes you think are right and just and noble and for the better of the people you are manipulating, you are still acting incorrectly. <laughs> Be straight with people. Explain to them why you want them to do a certain thing. And if you are being above board and have purpose, then they will follow you. Everything else is horse shit. And I was full of horse shit, horse manure. You know, there was a day when I worked at that wilderness school, uh, there were actually two days. These are the two days of work that are slightly worse. I'm sorry, slightly better than the one day I spent baling hay, which I also did at that wilderness school. So the three worst physical days of labor I ever spent were, number one, baling hay. In, I want to say June, but it could have been May, but on a hot and humid day, perfectly picked to be the worst possible day to bale hay. But I do think we did this before we baled hay, but right in the same couple weeks when we were prepping the wilderness school to open, we had to completely clean out the bottom barn, four pens that were four feet deep, and I do not exaggerate, they were four feet deep with horse manure. So I essentially, with one other dude, <laughs> Doug, <laughs> who spelled his name D-U-G, God, I love that. But Doug and I, with two coal shovels, and I don't know if that's an appropriate term, whatever, a five and a half foot shovel with not a blade like a spade, but a flat edge and a wheelbarrow cleared out. I guess those pens must have been, what, four feet wide by eight feet deep, I'm guessing? Six feet deep, maybe? If we're, no, they were eight feet deep. Four by eight feet pens meant to house livestock filled with horse manure. We cleared it out in what took us two full days of physical labor. Now, this wasn't worse than bailing hay, which is still the worst thing I ever did. This wasn't worse than clearing trails with chainsaws, handsaws, and clompers that were thicket wood trails that left me so exhausted I couldn't even walk home. I chose to camp out on the trail instead of getting home because I was too tired. Bailing hay is still worse. <laughs> However, why I got there, I don't even know. 
I just know that I say it's malicious to mislead for any reason at any time the people around you. Don't do it. And I know it's wrong, and I try my very hardest in every moment to be real. And going forward, I see no reason why I would try to be anything else. And no, Phoebe, oh, Phoebe is not going to choke on that two-liter bottle in case any alarm bells were raised. She is used to it. It's a toy she's been using since she was a puppy. It is an embarrassingly uh, <laughs> fun activity for her. Whenever I finish a two-liter bottle of any substance, I squeeze it together with that that happens. I screw the lid back on the top, and then I fling it across the yard to her like a Frisbee. She runs and retrieves it and carries it around with the bottle uh, cap in her jaw. So basically just that little piece in her mouth with the rest of it jutting out and swings it around and swings it around until she eventually chews the cap off, which those of you who might be afraid she would choke on that, I agree. That's a legitimate concern, but she has managed in 10 and a half years to spit it out every time. And at this point, I don't even fear that she'll choke on it. Um, so then she gets the, once the cap is off, she just tilts the bottle up, takes a little swig of whatever's left in the very bottom of the bottle and then chews on the end of the bottle until she chews it shut. She likes to clamp it down until it's closed. Like she's chewing the stress out of her life. Perhaps she is because in no other way do I ever see her act abusive toward anything. Uh, and once she's bored with that and she's got it clamped down, then she gives up on it and I throw it in the recycling bin. Thus, my white trash toy, ooh, that phrase I said I wouldn't use that I've already used and now used again. Well, no more using that phrase. And I say that because, not that it has anywhere near the, the dismissive power that phrases like the N-word have or even uh, uh, the word... Um, well, I'm not going to use any slurs, but there are much more powerful phrases than that one. But they're all bad. They're all dismissive groupings of people into um, categories in which they don't even exist. The N-word is so bad, I literally won't let it be said in my presence. If I hear it, I immediately tell that person that that's one word out of all the words in the English language that I will not tolerate being said in my presence. And words are funny. Like, I do swear all the time. I'm aware of it, and I use pretty much every swear word in the book. You'll never hear me use that word. But you'll hear me use quite a few other words. There are a lot of other words I won't say. Well, not a lot. Say ten. Because of the charged meaning that come with them. Um, but a word like bullshit, or horseshit, or fuck that. Um, I always found it weird that we had come to an agreement in some sort of precursor to my arrival, civilization had come to an agreement that these are bad words, evil words, not to be said. Okay, well, every word is just a made-up sound variable that now means this, because collectively we've put it in this list of agreed uh, language guides that say it is now what this is, and when we say it, we mean this. Okay. Bullshit. <clears throat> I love that word. I also love the word fuck because it has the appropriate meaning for when I'm feeling fucking pissed. 
Nothing else has that meaning. So I swear because I swear with intent. I also swear because I swear casually. I do like words with extreme sensibility. So I will never rid myself of saying so transitionally any more than I'll rid myself of saying swear words. I do not swear with reckless abandon, like I used to lie, but I do swear with some abandon because I do not think of swear words as negative communication. I think of them as extreme points of emphasis in a world full of extremities. So I swear more now than ever, <clears throat> if that is offensive to you. I really do not understand why and would ask you to, on that point, lighten up. <sighs> I don't know why I have this note on here, but it is frustrating to me now that talking to kids makes you look like a pedophile. <laughs> and I have no idea where this came from. And I don't really mean it in the general sense that that comment came, but I would never randomly initiate a conversation with a kid in line in front of me with his mom ever and i wouldn't even want to be caught uh making eye contact with a kid in any scenario with out with their parents because their parents will immediately think that i'm trying to get their kids attention in some sort of reckless or uh, <laughs> uh despicable way but i'm never i would never do that <laughs> but because we live in a world where everybody has to fear that they're standing next to a massive child predator. Um, no more eye contact with kids, no more communication with kids, no more really uh, engaging with kids. Okay. Uh, sucks to be that way because behind the meat counter when people approach and they have kids and I'm just there to serve meat, I actually am allowed again to communicate with children in a way that I cannot as a single guy standing in line at the self-checkout, communicate with your kid, period. It's not tolerable. And yet, when you come up to the meat counter and you ask about the salmon and your kid's making goofy faces, I'm actually allowed to make a goofy face back because I'm in a role that puts me in a position where communication is now accepted. And I can't go overboard, I can't come outside uh, the range and give your kid a hug, nor would I, but it's funny to me how we get trapped in certain expectations that then define how we're all colloquially or in our communities or possibly across civilization allowed to behave. I remember as a kid, I used to look at adults in supermarkets or, uh, or department stores or at uh, sporting events or wherever and talk to them randomly all the time. And my parents would even engage with them too. Heck, I had been corrected for my behavior by other adults as a child more than once. And I don't mean teachers, I mean public adults. And in some cases, I think my mom thought someone had overstepped, but in other cases, I'm sure was like, <laughs> what did he do? Thank you for at least reining him in and bringing this to my attention or whatever. And never as a child did I feel like I was being, uh, come here little boy with a piece of candied. Never as a child did I feel like I was being um, coerced by an adult for nefarious purposes. Never did I mistrust an adult, really. Ever. In fact, 
as children, we had a discussion about one specific adult and one kid who seemed to spend a lot of time together, but you know, he was pretty straightforward with us about it and said there was no weirdness there. So who knows? I'm, I know there was weirdness somewhere because I wasn't in a community that was immune from all that shenanigan shit that was going on behind closed doors with children. But it never came up, ever. I never even saw hints of it. My friends never even sniffed stories of it. We just were immune enough in my little cocoon to not know what other kids were going through that was just traumatic. But when I talk to your kids in line at the store and make a funny face and say, yabba dabba do, it's not hoping that your attention's distracted enough that I can snatch them and take them over to Kansas. I promise. And I like that I get that interaction with kids again at the meat counter. Talking to kids is fun. Kids are great. Kids have everything in their face says wonder, awe, and amazing. Kids are phenomenal. So having to ignore them everywhere but behind the meat counter sucks. Okay, uh, let's see, time check. Got about 20 minutes before I got really cut this off. I mentioned Phoebe has lymphoma. I haven't had the money to take Phoebe to the doctor, and nor have I wanted to find out that Phoebe needs some sort of massive treatment that I've gone through with other dogs um, from a veterinarian's opinion. Phoebe has uh, a, a grapefruit-sized growth in her left armpit, leg pit, whatever. Her left front paw in that armpit is a grapefruit-sized growth on her back hind quarter right in her uh in her groin area is another growth and under her throat is another growth from what i understand those are her lymph nodes or this the nodes that uh are uh the glands that are out of control when you have lymphoma and they have done nothing for the last two years but get larger larger and larger to the point now they're they hinder her movement that's why she couldn't get up that hill so uh do i know phoebe has lymphoma no but I know Phoebe is sick and getting sicker, and I do not have the money for whatever treatments might be out there for her, but I do have all the love and attention I can give her and care to make her last run as comfortable and as, uh, as well uh, tended as she deserves. And that's why Phoebe is Batman and I'm Robin, or Phoebe is Robin and I'm Batgirl. <laughs> whatever it is, Phoebe shows me how to live a life that is kind, gentle, and understanding at all times. She has forgiven me for everything I've ever done, from forgetting to feed her, to uh, giving her something that made her sick, to uh, not getting her on a walk, to um, clipping her nails too short. Phoebe has never held anything against me. There's no grudge in her. And so for that, she's Batman, and I'm Robin. In other words, she's learned it all, and I'm some boy wonder who doesn't have a clue what the hell's going on around here and needs some shark repellent spray so that I can get out of this scene. <clears throat> uh, what's this next one say? So, how did I start the... Oh, how did I start the reparations that I feel are underway? This I'm saving for episode 50. Uh, but
but I do think that's a value enough that I'm going to consider it for the uh, overall review of everything I've done so far. And yes, that dog up the street is uh, an Omen uh, uh, Rottweiler, not an Exorcist Rottweiler. I, of all the movies in the universe that I confuse, those two are definitely a pair that are on the list. They just came out at the wrong time. I was a kid. I saw them both on VHS or Channel 2 when I wasn't supposed to watch them or who knows what. But when I say The Omen, half the time I mean The Exorcist. When I say The Exorcist, half the time I mean The Omen. What are you going to do? You know, possess kid movies. When you're a kid, those get flip-flopped. Freaky Friday and all that. Uh, uh, yeah, I have a terrible sense of smell. Although, what's odd is lately I have had an acutely sharp sense of smell in places I've never had it before. Like smelling things, say, in my cellar that I've been going into for 15 years, newly. Like the musty uh, wood that is the tabletop on which I have been working projects for a decade. So I don't smell as much as my mom because she has some sort of uh, bionic sense of smell. But when it comes to um, all our other senses, um, I don't really mean my ability to see or hear things. I meant my ability to interpret and the impressions that offer information outside of just what our senses pick up. That's where my mom's uh, one of those cuddly little witches who can sense when you're having a bad day and bring you a cup of soup. Um, when I was talking about uh, how minds can break, obviously I overlook victims of any of those transgressions. I did not mean to. That felt dismissive. So if uh, in any way that felt like an oversight, I agree. So I'm making sure that it's not re represented as an oversight. Um... I spoke of some self-inflicted damage, which I, again, think is hilarious if you listen to that and think, well, you must be speaking about weed. I wasn't. I wasn't even speaking about myself. Um, but self-inflicted damage is obviously something that not only am I still much, much too deep uh, in perpetrating, um, but incapable of eradicating from my life entirely. So always listening for people to tell me ways that they think I'm hurting myself. I listen to those things. They matter. Uh, but seeing it in the world outside of me and realizing that I was seeing the, the imbalance while, um, because it was, it was counteracting my current balance made me think, oh, I feel a little healthier mentally after that little experience. Yabba dabba do. Um, I speak about some grandeur shit that makes me sound uh, way out of scope. Humanity's spiritual ascendance, for instance. I do believe that there is uh, something there to be discussed, but I in no way believe that I am uh, some sort of agent acting within, that I am some sort of designated player rolling out dice for the occasion. None of that. I just feel like there's subject matter there. I'm not sure what to do with it. I'm not sure I'm even involved, but I sense it. So, much like Luke looking for purpose in life, I'm just throwing that out there saying, maybe I should go to Tatooine. Um, okay, here's where we get to some of the notes that are harder to read. 
Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm not talking about grease when I'm talking about the lubricant that's inside engines that makes them flow more fluidly. Although it does sound like that's what I'm searching for. It's more, when you look at the new motors that are inside drills and, and some of the hand tools today that have that, I don't know, whatever that, that foamy but firm uh, in, injected uh, <laughs> uh, uh, gearing uh, protection. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of Jim. And there are a number of people I've named directly throughout this first run. And I was doing it mostly not thinking. Um, and mom and dad, obviously. Uh, Jim and M. Uh, I've named Nicole and Patrick. Those are That's an old roommate and an ex-girlfriend. Um, I've named Lily. Uh, obviously, Phoebe and Frankie. That's the dog and the cat. Uh, Charlie at work, that's a real name, so I hate to have done that, but I have definitely said that name. Uh, I've named Michelle, and she's an old ex-girlfriend. I named Allison and gave her last name, Pittman. I have no idea where Allison Pittman is. I haven't seen her since 8th grade, so. Um, and I mentioned Mark Fargetstein, a next-door neighbor, who actually had such a, a rough life with that last name that he changed it, so he no longer goes by that. Um, and I feel bad. I'm going to either use fake names or first names or something from here going because I in no capacity am trying to expose anybody. And I realized that I did already. And that's a mistake. So, <clears throat> well, uh, M, Jim, Nicole, Patrick, Lily, Phoebe, Frankie, uh, that's probably the list. Mom, dad, um, could all somehow, uh, show up here in some capacity, uh, nobody else on that list could. And so there's no reason for them to have been exposed. And specifically, I apologize to my coworker who I shall quit naming as of right now. But <clears throat> other than that, um, I, don't, I don't have purpose here other than to tell my story to myself. So it's hard for me sometimes not to use real names. If I ever edit anything, that would be what I would edit out, and I would just simply silence out the name. Um, but until then, I'm going to try not to expose people in my narratives, because I feel like that is reckless. Um, okay. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Reading my notes here is harder, plus it's getting darker. Um... Okay. Oh, and I gave a wide range of time that I could have imagined Lily buying a shower curtain. Fortunately, the way I do Lily time is by the time she spends incarcerated or in other uh, captivity uh, versus the time she doesn't. So I always know windows in which she could have done something. Like, for instance, I know Lily didn't hurt my cat because she was in jail. So my cat got hurt some other way. Things like that. That's how that shower curtain timeline became such a wide range. Uh, here's another one that I put on the list of things that I think are interesting. I describe myself as having found structural truth. I don't know that I have a definition for this that's well thought through. What I mean by that is I find that I am building truth and finding levels on which I am then plateauing and then building further truth. That to me is what structural truth is. Um, where I found that kind of concept, I don't know. Could have been listening to uh, Joe Rogan or reading a Dilbert po or, uh, cartoon. I really don't know. 
And that could be something I came up with myself. Again, I don't believe ideas emerge that way. I think they are, they are constant flows of energy from other concepts that ingrain themselves and become part of the next idea. So intellectual property is bullshit. Um, yes, I'm letting myself talk to myself. Can't find the point all the time because of pot. Yep, good point. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't delete recordings. If I push record, you've, you've got access to it. And other than that one trip to the store where I learned my lesson about where to put the microphone and I cannot put it on my back because you can't hear me. So that was nine minutes that I had to just give up. I couldn't even transcribe it. It was unlistenable because there was no way to hear what I was saying. I also refer to some quotes sometimes and often misquote when I refer to those quotes. Uh, it was not Kierkegaard or Sartre. It was uh, Camus, Albert Camus, who said, the meaning of life is that which keeps us from killing ourselves. Um, and in that statement sounds like a lot of despair, but in reality, what he's saying is that we do find meaning in life and it isn't inherent in items outside of us. It's inherent in the actions we take that include not killing ourselves. We continue to find meaning wherever we go and act and then take away from that action the next motivation to act. We're continually building meaning in life. Existentialism is misunderstood, and it was significantly misunderstood by me, um, at least in my undergraduate years. Uh, it was taught to me in a way that I think was misunderstood. But that is right. Existentialism has a lot of things right. And one of the things it has right is that that, that doesn't necessarily lead to the absurd. And, and yet... I, I, and these are terms that mean something in philosophy that don't necessarily mean what they mean when you're watching Two and a Half Men. I'm not going to get further into this because this isn't why I'm here. Um, but <sighs> it's embrace the moment you're experiencing. What else do you have? Thinking about what's about to happen is thinking about something in the moment instead of experiencing the moment. Okay, ownership. For instance, land. I don't think you own land. Land is just lines on a map. You have been here, depending on your opinion of, of how old the earth is, a blip of time across uh, eons of time, if not, uh, if not billions of years. You and your 60, 80, 100, 150 year lifespan are minimal, if not meaningless. So keep thinking about that land you own. You don't. You don't even own the whatever equipment you're listening to this on. You're just here using it. I, I use the word retard, retarded, retarding, and I certainly am not using that to say retarded in a derogatory sense. The word to restrict, to hold back, to uh, constrain, it comes out a lot, and I know that's one that's charged. So I'm clearing that up now, and I will try not to use it going forward. Um, I do have a new shower curtain installed. Little things, details do matter. 
And I say at another point that I'm not arguing for my life in making the argument that I think forgiveness at the highest level is coming. But I am arguing for my life because in reality I'm arguing for everyone's life. And in that capacity, in some scrape of the universe, I'm arguing for that of humanity, which is all of us. Um, the literal meaning of life is whatever you're doing that prevents you from killing yourself. Albert Camus. There's the official quote. I wrote it on the other side of the envelope because it matters to get people right when you say what they're saying. So I apologize, Mr. Camus, for calling you Kierkegaard. Soren's a sweet-ass name, but yours is Albert, so deal with it. Last but not least, I do believe here at 41, 2, 3, 4, 5, I should get into some of the main categories I have avoided so far, like lying. I haven't avoided it, but I haven't spoken to it directly. Um, deja vu and dream deja vu. Um, greed and money. While I've spoken to all of these slightly to more than slightly, I haven't tackled them topically. And so in these 40s, I'm going to get into some of the topics that I think involved the wait what? response I've had to the universe lately and uh, and hit some of them head on. So there might even be a little more uh, direction in what we go through here. There might be more envelopes to write lists on to make things make sense. <sighs> but I wouldn't count on it. I mean, I don't think I was put on earth to make sense. <laughs>